good Sunday evening. Welcome to another edition of Sideline Junkie Sunday Rise. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy, KG. Coming to you on Sunday tip. Just uh, kind of sort of going random, kind of uh, free, styling it a little bit. So, here goes a little nothing. <laughs> but uh, most importantly, I hope everyone took the time to check out the WrestleManiacs from last night, the People's Choice Don Rodriguez, Nubian Sumo, put in at work on the mothership, uh, took you around the wrestling world and dropped you back off at your front door. So I hope you all took the chance and took the time to listen to that. Uh, but let me start off this Sunday rise. And normally, you know, I'm always talking about Wizards' woes and what they can do better and this, that, and the other. The Wizards... And their last 10 games are 7-3. and three. They're 13-18 and 18 overall. They're playing Boston right about now. Uh, they're 12th in the East, but they are surging. Uh, they're down 5 to nothing to the Celtics in Boston. Now, they're on a road trip. And in this road trip, they... Let's see. Let's back up. Let's go back in order. They beat the Timberwolves last night. Well, they came back from the road trip. I thought that was in Minnesota. They beat the Timberwolves last night, 128-112. Beat the Nuggets Thursday night. Now, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, 112-110. They lost to the Clippers. Beat the Lakers. Lost to the Blazers. (coughs) Excuse me. Lost to the Blazers. Beat the Nuggets. Beat the Rockets, beat the Celtics, beat the Knicks. I'm sorry, lost to the Knicks. I, I was hoping they beat the Knicks. Knicks are playing good ball right now. Um, lost to Raptors, beat the Bulls. But they're they're playing some decent ball. That game last night, uh, you got 19, 12, and 14 from Russell Westbrook. Bertans gave you 19. Bill gave you 13, 8, and 6. Uh, Lynn even gave you 10. Wagner, 12. Matthews, 18. You know, it's like they're starting to gel together. It's going to be a little rough. But uh, I think the Wizards, they're going to surge a little bit, you know, going into the All-Star break. But after the All-Star break, I think that's when you'll see everything come to fruition. And you'll see the Wizards playing really, really decent. I'm not even going to say decent. I think that's an understatement. You're going to see them playing really good ball. Because every everything's going to seem to come together. And they're just going to ball out. You know, I think everybody needs going to need the, the all-star break to get healthy. And then once they get healthy, look out Eastern Conference. Because I think they're going to play at their highest standard of basketball. And I, and I think that's the 4-5 to five seed in the East. So, look out for that. But now let's back up a little bit. The game on Wednesday against the Nuggets. They won 130-128. to 128. 
it was the final play of that game. And I sent it out to the fellas. And I'm just like, how is this happening? You know, the Nuggets get a rebound. And they're sprinting down court on a four-on-one. Nobody goes to the basket. Jamal Murray pulls up at the three-point line, doesn't have a shot. Everybody else is standing around a daggone perimeter. Nobody decided to cut to the basket. It was nobody in the lane. Should have been at least, a, if anything, an easy two points tie ball game. You either sending this thing in the overtime or not. And I had to ask the question because I was told that, you know, Steph Curry is revolutionizing the game with his shooting and he's taking the game to the next level. And I'm like, if that's what you call revolutionizing the game, to me it's killing the essence of the game. And I don't blame Steph Curry 100% because what Steph Curry does is what Steph Curry does. He's great at what he does. Doesn't mean it's meant for everybody. That's like saying me at six foot four and nine times out of ten, uh, when we play ball, I'm one of the tallest guys on the court. And that's like saying I come down on a fast break and I'm pulling up from half court because Steph Curry does it. Now, can I shoot? Yeah, I'm a spot-up shooter. I'm not on the fly. You know, if I'm going to the basket, I can get a, a, a good roll here and there, maybe kiss one off the glass. But uh, I'm if I'm set and I'm standing there and I'm waiting on the ball and that ball comes and it's perfect and I got, you know, I got the rhythm, yeah, I'm going to knock that down eight times out of ten. You know, inside the arc, outside the arc. But me shooting from nearly half court, because that's the game now. And, you know, it's been trending towards that for quite some time, long before, you know, Steph got famous for it. That's not my game. And I, I can't see myself playing that game just because Steph plays that game. I'm more traditional. I'm, you know, I'm more, I can go down in the paint and bang. I can shoot the mid-range i can shoot long range i'm i'm capable of doing these things but just because steph curry is quote unquote revolutionizing the game does not mean that i need to play steph curry style ball if you dig what i'm saying and that right there what happened in that nuggets game now the Wizards escaped that game with a win by the skin of their collective teeth. But here's the thing. That was a fundamental breakdown. Fundamentally, it was flawed. It was a brain fart on Denver's part. Because here's the thing. You're coming down on a four-on-one break. Now, if I'm playing with the Fantastic Five and we get out on a break and it's four-on-one, somebody getting put on a poster. I don't know if Pat going to put you on a poster. I don't know if D'Angelo going to put you on a poster. But somebody going to put you on a poster. Because nine times out of ten, if I get a long rebound, I'm pushing the ball up court. That's always our thing. We're going to push it and we're going to run. Now, we're a little older, but when we get out there running, you're not getting in our way. 
And me personally, if I got the ball and I'm running full speed, I'm like a freight train. So one of two things going to happen. Either you're going to have to foul me, I'm going to run you over. Well, one of three things. Either you're going to foul me, I'm going to run you over and score. Or I'm going to dish it off and somebody going to put you on a poster. It's going to be either way, you're going to be in a highlight reel. And it ain't going to look good for you. And I'm not bragging, but I mean, you know, hey, Fantastic Five, one of the best teams to ever step on courts, um, you know, during the summer. So let's just say that. Uh, but it's a fundamental flaw, and that's a problem. Because there's no way in Four Hills, Denver, shouldn't they at least walk out of there. If they're going to lose, you should have lost in overtime, if anything. But to lose in regulation because everybody stopped at the three-point line looking for the three-point shot, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. And that, and But it's not just Denver. It's a fundamental thing that's going along in the NBA. They put up a chart. This is a while ago. Me and BJ talked about it, about the, the types of shots that players are taking. Nobody takes that a step, two step, maybe three steps inside of the arc and shoot. Nobody, you know, plays back to the basket and dominates like that very much. I mean, you'll see Embiid do it. Uh, Bam out of bio can do it. Um, Anthony Davis can do it. But you don't see too many guys, you know, big guys play back to the basket. Everybody wants to play the European style and shoot from long range. Um, I remember that was something crazy to be thought of when Sabonis did it. But Sabonis could play the high post and make things happen because he could put the ball on the floor and make something happen. But he would go high post, keep the ball away from you. And then, but what it did, it left the back door open and somebody snuck through the back door. He was finding them on the back door. And that's what Djokovic does. He could play the high post. But when Djokovic want to get down there and bang, he's going to bang. He's another one that can bang back to the basket. But he is what Arvidas Sabonis would have been if he would have came over in 86 when he was drafted instead of coming over later in his career when he was, you know, kind of sort of on the tail end. It, it was like that. But nobody plays like that anymore. And I was glad that the Wizards got the win. I was like, they deserve that win. Because, you know, Denver, very good team, smart players. But to be that dumb not to cut to the basket, get the easy two, and, you know, foul, send them to the line, whatever. I don't even know how much time was left. But you had enough time to run down court, get you an easy two, foul. And I don't even know if they was in the bonus. I don't know the circumstances. But it was ways that they could have won that game. So, I, I just thought that that was just a, a messed up way to lose a game. But I just don't – I don't want it to be the norm. And that's what it seems like, the norm of the NBA. And even college, you know, just guys just coming down and, you know, nobody looks for the cutter. Everybody wants to pull up from long range on a fast break and shoot the three. And they want to do a no look, you know, shoot it and walk off. And half the time you miss it. You know, I, I don't, that's not the game to me. You're cheating the game when you play like that. When Steph Curry does it, it's different. That's Steph's game. Because Steph uh, hits you with an in and out move 
make you think he gonna shoot, and he can get to the lane and he can lay it up on you. He'll still drive, but I mean, all his highlights that they show are him shooting. But he can still put the ball on the floor and drive. And he'll get you off balance, pull up, and step back and shoot. But everybody trying to play Steph's game. See, that's the thing. That's Steph's game. What Steph does is what Steph does. You can't sit there and play Steph's game if you're not Steph. You know, that's like Draymond shooting threes. Never should Draymond ever shoot threes. That's not his game. His ball handling, uh, his distribution as a point guard, um, his rebounding, his defense, that's his game. His scrappiness, that's Draymond's game. Him shooting from 30 feet is not his game. Don't need to be his game because that's not what he's known for. That's not what he's good at. So, just my interpretation of the situation, you know. Speaking of uh, college basketball, question I that's asked right here is, uh, will we have a March Madness this year? And apparently, we will. Uh, the they decided back in January last month, because today is February twenty eighth. Um. The entire 2021 Men's Basketball Championship will be played in Indiana with the majority of the tournament's 67 games taking place in Indianapolis. Now, you know, normally it's uh, you have your championship venue and that's where your Elite Eight and your Final Four and your championship game take place. But you have smaller venues in the North, the South, uh, the West and the Midwest. Or was it? No, it's East, Midwest, South, and West. But you you got smaller venues that take up, you know, the early games. And that's when, you know, everybody wants to be home during the day. It's like the greatest time of the year, you know, because you get to see those early games during the day. Uh, I miss those. That's the only thing I miss about working at night is watching March Madness. During the day, laying on the sofa, watching March Madness before going to work and then uh, go to work. And, you know, by the time I start working, the games are over, but I don't watched every game. Uh, being in high school. And, you know, you got those before they had playing games, you had the early games that came on and you had teachers that knew that, you know, this was a special time of the year. And some teachers weren't sports fans. Some teachers were the ones that were sports fans. They had the TV on. And they was like, as long as y'all keep it quiet, I'll leave it on. And we kept it quiet. And we watched a lot of great games. So, um, but it's going to be different, you know, due to the climate, um, everything that we're going through with this pandemic, it's a lot. Uh, now, looking at, on the other side, the NIT tournament, that starts on March 16th, ends on the 1st of April. So, um, uh, not seeing where it's going to be at. Only 32 teams this year. Um, The final site for the NIT is going to be the Madison Square Garden. Uh, so I'm 
and you know we're not old some of us are not old enough to remember but the nit was the big boy you know the big dance wasn't you know wasn't what it was supposed to be the nit was where it was supposed to be at that's where you crowned your national champion but uh you know over the years that's like the secondary tournament uh but the nit and the, the ncaa tournament will go on as planned this year so we shall see um my georgetown hoy is not looking too well right about now uh as of right now georgetown they just beat DePaul yesterday they lost to connecticut on tuesday uh on this Tuesday coming, they have Xavier. Uh, but in the Big East, they're number set, number eight in the Big East. They are overall eight and 11. I mean, that's not where it needs to be. Got to move up. Um, they're six and eight in uh, the Big East play in the conference. And, you know, the, the guys, the, the teams they have in front of them, Providence, St. John's, Xavier, Seton Hall, Connecticut, Creighton, and Villanova. Villanova is leading the Big East. So it's it, it's got to put it in gear. Um, coming to Maryland, the Maryland Turpins, they beat uh, Michigan State today. 73-55, they're 15-10. And, and, you know, 15 wins always used to get you into the tournament. I don't know how they're going to do it this year. But Maryland's 9-9 in the Big Ten, and they're number seven. Um, But they got a battle the likes of Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Purdue, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Uh, it's uh, It's going to be crazy now you know you got if you're going to have conference tournaments coming up that's going to say something too because a lot of teams that play in these conference tournaments they're going to need to win out to get a, a invitation either to the big dance well if you went out you know you get that invitation that's an automatic bid but now if you play very well uh you can get it uh, at least the nit um, invitation. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Selection Sunday should be coming up soon. So it's going to feel good to see and hear about that. All right. Now, I'm not going to be here long. I just wanted to, just a few things that were on my mind. And I was reading something and it, it, it instantly, I said, you know what? You know, I was looking, I was like, man, what in the world am I going to talk about tonight? And instantly I said, you know what? I know what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about LeBron James. But my question is, why does LeBron James get so much hate? Why is he so hated? And the thing is, I just read an article uh, on... Uh, what is this? Uh, I'll get it right. Hold on. Totalsports.com. And it talked about Larry Johnson, former, not Grandmama Larry Johnson, former NFL running back Larry Johnson. Uh, talking about LeBron. Now, it was a soccer player 
Zoltan Ibrahimovic, I don't know how to say his name, but he called out LeBron about speaking on politics. And immediately, you know, I said, let me see how this plays out. And everybody, it's not just him. It's been newscasters. It's been uh, fans. It's been gang loads of people talking about LeBron speaking on politics. And they always say, well, you didn't speak up for China. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. But then when he speaks up on uh Black Lives Matter. Well, why are you worried about it? You live in a gated community. Still a black man. That's still somebody that grew up poor. Well, he wasn't poor in high school because he was driving around in a Hummer. Whatever. But most people, and I, I they, you don't have to be a superstar. Most people that grew up struggling. And when I say struggling, I don't mean, oh, we didn't have any money. No, no. You didn't have no money. You didn't have fancy clothes. You didn't have fancy cars. You know, when you turn 16, your parents didn't just up and buy you a a, a car. You know, it was nice. Your parents went to bed hungry so you could eat. You didn't have heat. So, you know, the heater didn't work. So what you had to do, you had to boil a pot of water on the stove, turn the oven on, open the oven to heat the house. You know, no hot water. So you had to boil water to take baths. You know, that, that that's the struggle that I'm talking about. The, 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 you, didn't, you didn't have peanut butter and jelly. That was a, a step up. You had to eat peanut butter and syrup. You used to get the black and white cans. That, you know, if you're old enough to remember those, those, those welfare bags, the black and white boxes of, of Rice Krispies, the black and white can of, uh, 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 peanut butter which i learned later years as i was got to be an adult from charlie murphy he was like you put a little cooking oil in it stir it up a little bit it's smooth like skippy didn't never knew that never knew that that's what we talking about when we talk about growing up poor we talking about growing up struggling now just because you never missed a meal don't mean you wasn't poor you know so you 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 got to understand that and i understand lebron's background single parent home pops out the picture you know it's just mom working cuz i can guarantee you it's a lot of us that come from that background you know some of us come from the background where you know moms was you was raising the house of moms pops did what he could moms did what they could what she could and, you know, y- y'all made it, you know, parents married, y'all, they did what they could, y'all made it, you got the background where you had the whole family as a support system, where you had grandma, you had grandpa, you had aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody there, holding everybody up, I get that, but to say LeBron shouldn't be making comments on things that don't concern him, is like the most asinine thing I could ever hear. Because you say LeBron shouldn't make comments on politics, but the same thing that LeBron comments on, whether it's social injustice, it's politics, it's 
hell, LeBron could say he doesn't like Chicago deep dish pizza and he likes New York pizza. People will go crazy about that. But these are the same things that because he uses his platform and he speaks up on things that are wrong, whether they affect him personally, directly or not. These are the same things that y'all crucified Michael Jordan about not speaking up on. And when I say y'all, y'all know who y'all are. The same ones that make up rumors about LeBron and him being owned and he's a part of the Illuminati and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, bruh, why y'all making up all these things? But these are the same people that made up the, 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 uh, the lie that Michael Jordan owns private prisons. Yes, Michael Jordan does own private prisons, but it's not the Michael Jordan that you think. You do realize there's more than one Michael Jordan in this world. The Michael Jordan that owns private prisons is a white guy. Not NBA Hall of Fame, a six-time champion, Michael Jordan. But you saw Michael Jordan and you ran with it. But you crucified Michael Jordan for not speaking up on social issues when they were going on. But LeBron takes the total opposite turn, speaks up on social issues, speaks up on politics, and he's hated. He's LeBum. You know, oh, he's a flopper. I mean, it's everything that you can say negative about LeBron. I see on these posts, and I just sit back and I read them and just say, man, this dude can do, I mean, granted, I'm not saying he's a saint. I'm not saying he's perfect. But this dude could probably end world hunger. And people will find something wrong with that. Well, Michael Jordan would have ended world hunger 20 years ago. You know, it's always that comparison. Oh, yeah, LeBron is loved, but he ain't as loved as Kobe. He ain't as loved as Jordan, but he's loved. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand certain players. On the court, you can't stand them. As a kid, I couldn't stand Dennis Rodman. I couldn't stand Isaiah Thomas. You know, I could. Those are my rivals. I didn't really care for. I, I had to, a soft spot in my heart for Patrick Ewing because he's a Hoyer. I'm a Hoyer's fan, so I got a soft spot for for Patrick Ewing. But John Starks, um, Hubert Davis, those guys that played with the Knicks. The Knicks as a whole, Oakley, Mason. I couldn't stand those guys because they used to beat us, beat up on us. They couldn't beat us, so they beat up on us. I get that. But off the court, off the court, I loved them like they, they were family. If I seen them, you know, in magazines and, you know, they off the court and they doing interviews, I was first to read it because I wanted to hear what they had to say. But what they did on the court, yeah, I couldn't stand them because they're my rivals. But when they put on street clothes and they walk out of that arena, they're men that I look up to because at that particular time, they were in a position that I wanted to be in. I wanted to be in the NBA. You know, hell, I wanted to be in the NFL. Things like that. But, you know, people take the hate and they take it to another level. And, and, and you, you get upset when LeBron talks about pr police brutality. Well, it ain't affecting you. But it's a lot of things that's not affecting you, but you're still outraged about it. 
I have not been brutalized by a police officer. I haven't been handcuffed. I haven't been slammed to the ground. I haven't been uh, detained unlawfully. None of that. But when I see it, it still affects me. Because you know what? It could be me. It could be my son-in-law. It could be my brother-in-law. It could be my brothers. It could be my sons. It still affects me. And you have to also realize LeBron has sons. His sons are high profile because they're his sons. But Bronny is high profile because of how he can play ball. Dog, it affects him. Some police officer might want to make his bones and make a name for himself and will go out and and fuck with LeBron's son just because it's LeBron's son. Just to say he did it. Just to say, hey, LeBron, you ain't untouchable. Because if I can't get you, I'll get your kids. And that's how most people think. If I can't get to you, I'm going to get to somebody close to you. So him speaking up on social issues, uh, uh, social issues, um, um, politics, I don't see why that ruffles people's feathers because he don't support Donald Trump. A lot of people got mad. It's a lot of people that don't support Donald Trump. I'm one of them. Never really cared for the dude once he got into politics. Because he, I, I really saw what he was about. Four years of presidency. Never cared for him at all. So, you know, maybe I'm hated because of that. I don't know. But I can't hate somebody because of their political views. The thing is, if you're a Donald Trump supporter, that's your political view. I'm okay with that. I have friends that are Donald Trump supporters. Do they agree with everything that he does? No, they do not. They don't. Some of them have opened their eyes and said, you know what? This Democrat-Republican thing ain't where it's at. I'd rather find me an independent that's about the people. And I've seen people from both sides go that direction. Do I get mad at them about it? I know. Your political affiliation, whether you're a a, a star or you're just the man down the street, it does not bother me. And my point is, LeBron's political affiliation what he feels about social injustice should not trigger people so fucking much that you hate this man. Like, you, you, you hate him to the point that every time somebody makes a post about him, you got to say something negative. Now, this is something. This is something. After you listen to this show, I want you to go. From, from this day forward, every post that mentions anything about LeBron, go read the comments and just count. Whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, no matter what. Read the comments and read and count how many negative comments there are that have nothing to do with the post. When LeBron opened up the I Promise School, he opened up a school. A school. Well, why he ain't put more money into the school so it could be a private school? And they will have a better chance of education. If he would have put more money into the school to make it privatized, then there would have been a tuition. 
Well, it's still on taxpayers. It's still a public school. Yes. But the thing is, these kids can go to this school and they don't have to pay. Everything is set up for them for free. It's free. There is no tuition. Once you start making it privatized, then you take it out of the hands of the the underprivileged. And now the elite can go there because it's privatized and it's a private school. That wasn't the whole idea for the school. People don't understand that. Don't understand that. And here's my thing. Don't let it become too late. And God forbid something happens to LeBron before you recognize the greatness on and off the court. Now, I'm not going to lie. There was when LeBron, LeBron's time in Miami. His time in Miami. On the court, I could not stand LeBron. And I was, I've been a LeBron fan since his 11th grade year of school when I got Slam Magazine and he was on the cover. When I had my Sports Illustrated and he was on the cover and I read about him. Every time they tried to come in, when they came at him about the Hummer, the throwback jerseys, I'm like, what is the problem? What do you care for? He's not going to college. We know that. There is no way in hell you can take this talent and go to college. When he went to Miami, oh, I couldn't stand him. I hated LeBron. I never, you know, I never disparaged him online like, oh, he's a flopper. He's a bump. No, no. I didn't hate him because of his play. I hate him because he didn't choose Chicago. <laughs> that, that that was it. Because him and Derrick Rose together. Oh my God. Oh, count it. One, two, three, four. And what was he in Miami? Four years? That'd have been four championships for us. Him, Derrick Rose, dang, uh, Joe, Taj off the bench. And then the whole thing in that era of Chicago was defense. Defense. What could have been? But I'm not going to get into that because I get giddy thinking about it. And that's how I felt. But did I hate him to the point where, you know, I just looked at him and was like, oh, I despise this motherfucker. No. But I didn't because I knew how strong the Miami Heat were going to be with LeBron. I knew how strong they were going to be. And I knew they were going to be damn near unstoppable. And then also, I was like, hold on. The Bulls' record of 72 wins is in jeopardy with this team. But they had to gel together first. That first year wasn't the greatest. But they got it together. Is my point. I didn't like LeBron during that stage. Same way I felt about Kobe. Now, I was a big Kobe fan when he came out of high school and went to the Lakers. My brother-in-law can tell you this. We used to play NBA Live 96, and I always had to make Kobe. And if I played with the Lakers, I could dog you with the Lakers, and I could dog you with the Bulls. And I, I you know, Live 96, was it 90? 90, yeah, 96, I could dog you with the Rockets, too. I was pretty good with the Rockets. But my uh, love-hate relationship with Kobe started when they got Phil Jackson in 2000, and they rolled through, and they won those three championships. When they lost that fourth year, I was happy. When they played Boston, I wanted them to lose because I, I wanted Boston to win because Boston had been long-suffering. I needed, I needed L.A. to lose 
But when they played the Magic the next year, oh, I was, that's when I was like, you know what? I need Kobe to win this because I cannot stand Dwight Howard. I cannot stand Dwight Howard. And on the court, I can't stand Dwight Howard. That's that's one of my most picked at players. But what I'm saying is, off the court, whatever Kobe went through off the court, I was on his side. I was riding with him. But on the court, I couldn't stand him. I couldn't stand him because he was the front runner, and I don't like front runners. I don't like front runners. You know, I'm, I'm just that type of person. But I've never hated Kobe to the point where I called him a bum. I said he, I, I couldn't acknowledge. I hated him so much I couldn't acknowledge his greatness. When he spoke up about an issue, I hated him so much that I was like, you know what? I'll go the other way because I hate him. Never. Now, Larry Johnson says, you know, he he, he released a series of tweets because of uh, LeBron doing an interview with his shirt off and said he had a secret society tattoo showing. Uh, his tweet says, a white soccer player not involved with American politics mentions LeBron out of nowhere so LeBron can answer with a the boule, B-O-U-L-E, tattoo out front. And then he says, every king has a master, hashtag Black History Month. Uh, now, this is the definition. The black boule, it's a rich, elite, homosexual secret society paid to destroy Marcus Garvey. What could the boule offer American blacks in the early 20th century? Question mark. Joining the exclusive secret society offered advancement and perks to the select blacks in return for loyalty to its objectives. See, and here's my thing. I don't know where, and my, my thing is, I don't know where Larry Johnson got his information from. I don't know where this came from, but he, he comes at LeBron an awful lot. And am I going to sit here and call him crazy? No, nah, he, he feels this way because that's how he feels. But what I don't understand is why attack, as a black man, why attack another black man about something? And, you know, but you do it on a regular basis. But you attack him when he's talking about social injustices, things that are affecting our people. You still attack him. I, I don't I don't understand it. And I'm not being a stand for LeBron. It could be. Hell, it could be Charles Barkley for all I care. It could be Shaq. It could be anybody. But you got somebody that's using the platform they have, but you're constantly telling this man to shut up and dribble. But now, on the flip side, when MJ, excuse me, was worried about keeping his mouth shut, keeping his endorsements, and dribbling, why don't MJ speak up for us? Why don't Oprah speak up for us? That's my whole thing. Why do you hate LeBron so much when this man opens his mouth, but the second he closes his mouth on every subject and refuses to answer questions? Oh, LeBron turned his back on his people. He ain't, he ain't this, he ain't that. It'll always be something that you hate LeBron over. 
always. Whether it's the decision, whether it's the I Promise School, whether it's his stance on Black Lives Matter, whether it's his stance on politics, you are going to hate LeBron because it's LeBron. You hate Kyrie because Kyrie says things. Oh, he said the world's flat. That's his belief. I don't care. His belief may not be my belief, but I'm not going to hate him because of his belief. He's weird because he burns sage. Just because it's something you don't understand, it's not weird. I, I just, these cats get so much hate. And they get so much flat for being themselves. But then if they put up this phony facade and you say, well, damn, that's a phony ass facade you putting up, man. I wish the real motherfuckers stand up. But when you saw the real them and they were being themselves, you couldn't handle it. So which one do you want? That's my whole point. That's it. And that's all. You can't hate on a man for doing what you ask the greatest of all time to do. And yeah, okay, it's a discussion of who's the greatest of all time. Is it Kobe? Is it Magic? Is it Michael? Is it LeBron? Is it Kareem? Is it Bill Russell? I get all of that. And those debates are going to go on for now until the cows come home. Hell, it's going to be until the end of eternity. Who's the greatest of all time? And everybody's going to have somebody different. And it's always a name that you can put into the conversation that makes sense. Is LeBron a goat in my eyes? No, he's not. And it don't have nothing to do. Everybody brings up his finals record. It don't have nothing to do with that. Let's judge LeBron as the greatest of all time when he finally decides to hang him up. Just like I'm not going to call Steph Curry the greatest shooter of all time. He's a volume shooter. I mean, he shoots more threes now than team shot 10, 15 years ago. That's his game. I'm not going to call him the greatest shooter. Hell, you practice at something long enough and that's your game, it's going to happen. I just... I just... Wait until LeBron's career is over. He decides to hang him up and, you know, then we'll talk about the greatest of all time. But the the the, the road that LeBron is on right now, it's a path to greatness. How many people have you seen play as long as he has at the level that he has? And not be considered great. This dude is going. He's in year 18. Year 18. And he's still playing at. An elite level. Like if you look it up. Has LeBron ever missed an all-star game? Like I I don't think he's ever missed. He's made the all-star team. Damn it every year. Let me see. Seven times, well, he missed a 0304. So from 2005 to 2021, 
He's a 17-time All-Star. Been the MVP of the All-Star game three times. Just, it's crazy. Like, his, his, uh, his accolades alone are just absolutely monstrous. What he had? One, two, he got two gold medals in the Olympic Games, the bronze in 04, which he didn't play very much, the bronze in Japan, and a gold in the FIBA America's uh, championship in 07. His resume speaks for itself. But all the hate and, and, and the dissension because he opens his mouth on questions is asked to him and he gives his opinion, stop it. Every time he says something, it was, it's a question of if he's the GOAT. If he's not the GOAT to you, just say no. You don't have to bring up his finals records. Oh, he's four and six. Jerry West is one and eight. But he's still a logo. He still missed the clutch. He's still one of the greatest guards in the history of this game. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to need you to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because all the hate towards LeBron about his opinion. And the thing is, you don't even have an opinion on the subject because you're like, I don't care because it doesn't it doesn't affect me. Then why do you care? Because he feels it affects him. And I'm going to put a pin in that and I'm going to leave it alone. So any questions, comments, you want to discuss anything that I say on this show, uh, feel free to hit the email, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Um, I'm more than willing to hear what you have to say and respond back. But, uh, that's how I feel. You know, you hating on somebody that's trying to do right. You know, trying to do right. But apparently it's not right in everybody else's eyes. So, but that's all the time that I have that I'm going to take. I got more time, you know, but I'm, that's all the time I'm going to take up today. Uh, don't forget, check us out on social media. Uh, Sideline Junkies on Twitter and Instagram, Sideline Junkies Colon Podcast on Facebook. Also, don't forget to join our Facebook group, Sideline Junkies 24-7 on Facebook. That is our group. Um, but until then, until Tuesday night, y'all be easy. I'm the big guy, KG. I don't do no overtime. I'm actually clocking out early tonight. I am out of here.